This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover, a look at current events from today's headlines and how they affect you, what you believe shapes your worldview and your ultimate destiny. Learn more now at educateforlife.com. Now in studio, here is your host, Kevin Conover. Bring your tired and bring your shame. Bring your guilt and bring your pain. Don't you know that's not your name? You will always be much more to me. And every day I wrestle with the voices that keep telling me I'm not right. Recently, students here in San Diego retained the legal help of the National Center for Law and Policy and Attorney Dean Broyles to take the San Diego Unified School District to court after the district rejected the club, a club, a Christian club on a school campus. They had their fifth application. They applied uh, to be a, a Christian club. This was in January 2016, demanding that the students unlawfully remove Christian from the Christian club's name and Jesus Christ from its purpose statement. Initially, the San Diego Unified School District claimed the Bible Club's September 29, 2015 suspension was temporary. However, the district simultaneously instigated a far-reaching district-wide targeted investigation of all Christian clubs on its high school and middle school campuses, as well as inquiries into the Christian community organizations and churches lawfully supporting these student-led clubs. After the National Center for Law and Policy submitted a legal memorandum to the school district in early October 2015, the district quickly reinstated two of the three suspended Christian clubs, but stubbornly refused to reinstate the club that originally sought to be recognized by the school. It wasn't until the NCLP threatened a lawsuit in February that the district reversed course and finally approved the club. You're listening to Educate for Life Radio, and I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My guest today is Nate Landis, and he's here to share his perspective and his involvement in this story, and also uh, what his amazing ministry, Urban Youth Collaborative, is doing with the schools in San Diego. He's the president and founder of Urban Youth Collaborative. He earned a BA from Eastern University in Sociology and Youth Ministry. He has an MDiv from Gordon-Conwell Theological Seminary with an urban ministry emphasis, and he has a PhD from Claremont Graduate University, Religion and Ethics. Nate, thanks a lot for being on the show today. It's my pleasure. Thanks for having me. Yeah, real blessing. I, I am so excited about what you're doing, all the impact uh, that you're you're loving on the schools, loving on the kids, loving on the teachers. It's amazing. Uh, just I, I, I don't see how anybody could talk bad about what you're doing. It's amazing. And yet here, uh, this crazy incident happened, kind of a freak yeah. incident. Um, can you give us some perspective on what, what happened there? Yeah, we have... Uh Eight-year history of serving San Diego Unified School District, and we work in schools throughout San Diego County as well. We mm-hmm. support over 75 student-led, student-initiated faith clubs on campuses, and we find uh, local churches that want to support students, and, and then students are able to invite in guest speakers. And then we help churches find other ways to connect with schools beyond that weekly meeting and uh, sometimes it looks like a school beautification day or other community service activities. Uh, sometimes a non-religious motivational all-school assembly that leads to other good conversations. And so we've had a long history of success of building good relationships and really making a difference in kids' lives. And so we were surprised in the fall uh, when the school district and and particularly one school decided that they were going to just clamp down on Christian clubs and really try to put the pressure on and see how many they could get out of the system. Yeah. And so this particular incident at one middle school, 
uh, happened when a young man came into this club that's been in its existence for five years without very many uh, issues at all. Occasionally, there was a question uh, about whether students could pray or whether the youth pastor should pray. And sure. But really, garden variety, common questions that come up. And it's which, completely legal to have a, a, a Christian club on absolutely, campus, Absolutely, right? yeah. Here. The three magic variables to make it legal are it's got to be student-led, and then it's got to meet during non-instructional time, mm-hmm. and then attendance has to be voluntary. Yeah. And so if those are met, then students can invite their friends, and they can invite in a guest speaker and we are really able to see a lot of deep relationships happen between kids and their friends. And then they want uh, an expert in that area, just like the surf club can call in a professional surfer or a chess club can say, we want an expert in this area. Then the Christian club could say, we'd like a local pastor to come and speak specifically about this. Yeah. And so this particular young man uh, came into a club in its fifth year of existence and ended up missing the pre-flight safety instructions at the beginning of the club that said, this is a Christian meeting. You'll be exposed to Christian content if you would like to not be. What what did he think he was attending? I think he was invited in by a friend and wasn't sure exactly what it was at that point. It was just free pizza off. Yeah, he was like, exactly. That sounds like a good deal. Sounds like a deal to me, (laughs) you know, have a good conversation. And then, um, that message though, I think got missed at, at the junior high level. Sometimes kids are focused everywhere. And, so then midway through, he wanted to get up and leave and didn't specify that he wanted to leave for religious reasons. Mm. And so then as he approached the door, uh, he asked to leave. And prior to this meeting starting, the vice principal at this school had requested that once the meeting gets started, they didn't want any kids to wander through the school between the classroom where the meeting was happening in the main lunch area sure, yeah. because then they're unsupervised and they have food. And so it was the perfect storm uh, and a comedy of errors. So basically the youth pastor says, you need to wait till the end of the period to honor the request of this vice principal. Yeah. And then what happened was this kid went home to his parents and said, I was locked in a room and forced to pray to Jesus at my public school. Oh, and no. <laughs> their family's background was different and they were very politically connected uh, had a lot of influence in in uh, media and lobbying and so on, and so then they made a lot of noise. Uh, didn't understand the law, yeah, and didn't understand the specifics of this school situation where it was really uh, a bad request by the vice principal because I mentioned earlier voluntary attendance is one of the criteria to make this all legal. Yeah. But he wasn't so, thinking about that. I mean, he was just thinking, "Hey, I don't want these kids getting in trouble over yes. the- Yeah, the vice principal actually female. She was hoping that. It would just be a traffic flow uh, consideration that would make things a little smoother if kids waited yeah. until the end of the period. Yeah, well, that makes sense. So, and everyone was in full agreement. The kids should be allowed to leave. We met with the principal, and basically at any other day with any other parent, this would have been a very simple thing to say from now on, you know, we'll make sure somebody walks them back. Yeah. And so easy to do. This particular uh, incident, however, just became really politicized with the community and So the students then kept trying to reinstate the club after that complaint. One parent complained about one kid on one day, triggered a ban for this entire club for five months. And the kids kept trying to submit their application to get it reinstated. And the first time they turned it in, uh, the message back from the school was, well, it doesn't look like it's on official school ASB club application paperwork. So goodness. Then, uh, 
the kids said, well, we've been trying to get that for two months. You haven't provided it. So yeah. they submitted their own. Then finally they got it on the right paperwork, turned it in a second time. And they said, well, it looks like the penmanship and the grammatical errors are there. So if you could just get us a clean copy, then we'd be happy to approve poor, your club. These are like poor little junior high kids. Yeah. Like, going like- and, <laughs> and each of these transactions takes about two weeks. Whose fault is it if I'm not spelling right right exactly, now? Exactly. <laughs> exactly. And I think every every middle school club in, in the state has some kind of yeah. you know penmanship issue, yeah. I'm sure. Yeah. You know, probably my, my paperwork has penmanship issues yeah. too when you're in a hurry. So anyway, uh, they turned it in again. And then the next time they said, oh, it's a clean copy, but it looks like there's some adult handwriting on it and we need you to do it again. And so they kept going back and forth. Finally, five times later, they submitted the fifth version. The kids were working hard. Uh, one time they said, you didn't have enough faculty advisors. You need two and not one. They went and found a second one. They were really determined and didn't give up. And then finally, the fifth complaint came down the pipe when they turned it in and then it came back. And like you mentioned at the beginning of the show, the word Christian in the club title was crossed out and the words Jesus Christ in the club purpose statement were X'd out. Wow. And they dropped it back off. So then the kids were like, okay, we can't pretend this is anything else other than good old fashioned religious discrimination. Yeah. And that's a a violation of the First Amendment. Absolutely. yeah. Yeah. Kids have the free speech rights just like anyone else. And you know, I believe every kid from every background and every perspective should get the chance to make their case during yeah. the day. And then at the end of the communication event, everyone decides what they're going to believe. And yeah. that's part of being in a in a pluralistic society. It's part of being in a public school. Yeah. And everybody should get to raise their own voice and yeah, make their and own case. Yeah, freedom of thought, the ability to think through things and hear other people's opinions and ultimately get get at the truth, right? Exactly. So yeah. we were proud of these these middle school kids, seventh graders going up against one of the biggest... Uh, districts in the state, the second biggest, about the eighth biggest nationally. And the the district was really trying to just kind of discourage them and wear them out yeah. and wear them down. And hopefully they would just give up. But instead, they had to retain the uh, National Center of Law, for Law and Policy and, and Dean Broyles and basically yeah. say, here's a copy of the federal lawsuit we'll file if you guys don't follow yeah. the law. Yeah. So after five months of stalling in one week, the district's main lawyer wrote back to uh, NCLP and said, that's the club's incredible. been approved. We're ready to go. So yeah. we were proud of them. And it's a great precedent now in the district because principals know they can't be religiously, uh, in, they yeah, can't endorse, been, they can't endorse religion and they can't be hostile to it. They have to let the free speech of kids made, come out. It's been made very, very clear. Absolutely. Uh, nobody's going to be wondering what's the right thing to do in this situation. Exactly. They now know that there's, there's a real yeah. threat of, of, yeah displeasing people either way. Yeah, My guest today is Nate Landis with the Urban Youth Collaborative, and we're having a discussion about uh, Bible clubs on uh, school campuses and the legality of that. It was just a big uh, lawsuit here in San Diego over that issue. But uh, thank the Lord it came out uh, clear and uh, good news all the way around. Stay with us. We're going to continue this discussion. We'll be right back. What do leading local restaurants have in common? They depend on Express Fix Coffee for new and used coffee and espresso machines, repairs, and affordable monthly service. Dave Martin and his local team provide water filtration services too. Call San Diego's best espresso repair company, serving your home and business. Learn more online at expressfixcoffee.com. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. 619-867-3853. 
Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. Add historic American beauty to your home today with genuine Amish furniture. It's built in the USA from solid cherry wood with a bourbon finish. Or choose alternative woods and finishes to accent your home's decor. You'll find it all at Tucker's Valley Furniture. For over 65 years, the Tucker family has served San Diego County. Still family owned. Cash and Carry and Tucker's Valley Furniture. Two stores, both right across the street at Maine and Mollison in El Cajon. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. We'll cast my cares on you. You're the anchor of my hope, the only one who's in control. I will cast You're listening to Educate for Life Radio. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My guest today is Nate Landis. He's with the Urban Youth Collaborative. He's the founder and president of it. His website is uyc.org. If you're here in San Diego County, I, I encourage you, visit the website, get involved, make a difference. Um, they're doing so many things. Um, one of the things they have, they have over 80 student led campus clubs throughout San Diego County. And this is in eight years, right? Nate? Yes. Wow. That's incredible. Uh, what, what God is doing through your efforts. And I kind of wanted to take a backtrack and go, okay, how did that start? What's your background? Where did you come from? Did you grow up in a Christian family? I Um, did. Yeah. yeah. My, my parents were both very, uh, involved with education. My dad is a professor at uh, UPenn in statistics. And so really values the stats and numbers, like the quantitative side of life. And then my mom, God bless her soul, went to be with Jesus six years ago. She was an educator uh, of elementary school kids. And then later in life went back and got her doctorate so she could teach teachers. So I have the qualitative side of life from her and the quantitative side from my dad. And, and uh, I just believe in young people. And so I got started, I was telling you as we were just chatting before we went on the air that I was in front of San Diego High School. Uh, this was just about 10 years ago. Uh-huh. And now you're I, from the East Coast originally. East Coast though. guy. Yeah. Michigan and then Pennsylvania. And then I, I went to Divinity School out in Boston and then okay. came here in 2002. What, so, what caused you to decide to move to San Diego? Just a series of relationships. And, and I ended up getting a job uh, as a youth pastor in uh-huh. uh, downtown San and Diego. And the weather, right? Yeah. The weather was hard <laughs> to argue with too. Yeah. It's a lot, a lot different than Boston for yeah, sure. Yeah. And they have 26 letters in the alphabet instead of 25, right? The, the R's are here. There you go. So, yeah, I was in my car, right, uh, in front of San Diego High School, my car, if I'm yeah. in San Diego, uh-huh. and getting ready to pick up uh, some linemen from the football team. We did a pregame chapel service for them every week that was optional. Now, you were a youth well, pastor at the time. I was a youth pastor at okay. a church about eight blocks away, and this was just a great chance to interface with kids and, and build relationships. And so I was getting ready to pick them up from the, the school to go over to a chapel service. We served them dinner. It was uh, something that was just helping them get motivated before the game. And we gave them some food and then uh, we were able to just do life together. Yeah. Uh, I proposed this idea to the coach early on. said, could I be a uh, morale coach more than a position coach and a chaplain? And his line to me was, sir, we're one in nine. 
prayer can't hurt. Like we <laughs> can't great. fall from the floor. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't get any worse. And so we started this tradition. They had 18 academically ineligible kids that year that couldn't keep a 2.0 GPA, which takes discipline in yeah. San Diego Unified to keep your grades that low. You need <laughs> an accountability You've partner. Be determined to you get have to work hard grades. at it. Yeah, I'm not going to go to class. I'm yeah. not going to turn stuff in. Someone else is checking on well, me. Well, you know what's funny is that I, I don't know about you, but when I was in school, I felt pressure sometimes not to get good grades because if I got good grades, yeah. I was actually kind of looked down on. Right, like, right. <laughs> it's like you're, you're a too serious. Yeah. You're not cool yeah, if you get yeah. good grades. Yeah. yeah. I think there's some of that in school as well. And then also I think there's just sometimes a lack of knowing why all this matters. What's the big picture vision? What am I headed towards? Is it worth selling myself out to something yeah. that I don't see working for my friends? And Yeah, you feel like it's so got some kind of a daycare you're in or something. Yeah, like and so <laughs> we, we really want to be able to talk with kids about a bigger picture of life and, and yeah. purpose and all now that. I have, a, I have a question for you yeah. that pertains to that. You know, if there's somebody out there listening and they have a heart for youth, they have a heart for kids – is that something that um, is hard as far as, you know, that that coach was really receptive to yep. you coming in? It was kind of, hey, no problem. Absolutely. Um, is that a typical response or is there usually a lot of resistance to somebody coming in that wants to help and just I, kind of reach out? I think if you if you can come in and demonstrate that you're going to be um, meeting real needs. Yeah. And you can say, like, for example, with these these 18 academically ineligible guys, our senior pastor at our church found some military tutors that were able to meet with them outside of practice time and they were able to start getting their grades up. Oh, that's great. And then we did a uh, clothing drive for the kids to get them away uniforms so that they could dress up and, and really feel like they were uh, a team together. And then they came back to the church and, and had a chance to just say thank you and, and build that relationship. Yeah. Uh, and so they don't think of us as the Bible thumpers as much as the group that's doing uh, the stuff with the team. And then, we do a pregame meal at, at certain schools and then also we'll do an end of the year banquet because at, at first this particular school had like Coke and cookies in the locker room afterwards, you know, and when you're one and nine, there's not much to celebrate except you guys remember the game when we got the first down, you yeah. know, like wasn't that awesome. And so now we're able to say we, we had white tablecloths and music and steaks and like we really honored them for the hard work that they put in and, and we started seeing the team win off the field and on the field. Yeah. And, and so that was really encouraging. Now, do you, have you stayed in touch at all with some of any of those guys? Uh, yeah. Do you we know have where they're some, at or what they're doing? Some guys that one, one guy from the school went on, actually made it to the NFL on the practice team for one of the, one of the squads. And so that was neat to follow him and stay in touch. And, and it's fun to go out to eat and someone comes up to me and says, Hey, you were my chaplain at that yeah. school. And what you said really impacted me. And, uh, so it's it's encouraging when when you've been at it long enough to see some of the fruit of that. We have some students who have become interns, and uh, we have uh, a couple guys that that made it onto our payroll as staff that graduated from yeah. some of the school. So this is uh, a real programs. mission field. I mean, this is serious, absolutely serious missionary work. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, it's the frontline stuff where students are are hungry for not just the the physical food that we're serving, but the spiritual food. Talking about meaning in life and purpose and direction and yeah. And that stuff's not in the curriculum. It's yeah. not something that they're going to get uh, otherwise. And that'll affect how you how you respond to tests and grades and classes. Absolutely, too, right? So absolutely, yeah. yeah. We did uh, just a little informal survey one time with some of the seniors that were graduating. And uh, if you're in the one of these clubs, the graduation rates were were just almost a hundred percent because kids had direction, they had purpose and focus, they had something to work hard for, and mm -hmm. something 
beyond themselves to give themselves to. And that's just electric. And you can, you can talk about doing the homework, but if you have a reason why yeah. to do it, yeah. I've got a goal in my well, life. I've got everything. a mission. I've yeah. got something I'm supposed to do yeah. that's going to make a difference for others. Then everything else falls into place. Yeah. And that's really exciting. Are and, there any school administration uh, administrators that are taking note of the impact that? Yes. Yes. We actually, I mean, this whole story that we started the show with prompted yeah. the district to start sending out, uh, all principal emails about our organization, not in a flattering light, but in a defamatory, incorrect light. And what was neat to see is that the majority of the principals that knew the work we're doing, hey, this is a group beautifying our school. This yeah. is a group doing teacher appreciation meals. This is the group that gives out grocery cards at Christmas time. And they know the rules. Like we play, we couldn't have made it this long in the district at this many campuses without knowing and playing by the rules. Yeah. And so what was fun was, this series of emails started getting leaked to us by private email accounts and private text messages, or our staff members would be in a principal's office and he would pull it up on the screen and say, I can't forward it to you, but I want you to read it. Yeah. And then we were able to respond. And what was great is we had friends in, the, in high places up at the district level. And then also at the administration level on the individual school campuses that had our back and that understood the law and also knew that the district was acquiescing to one very well-connected disgruntled parent and yeah. that they didn't have the fuller picture of a, the law and then b the good work that we were doing and who we were as an organization yeah. as well. And so it was, it was very reassuring to go through this vetting process, even though it was, it was a stressful time to have, you know, this, this small vocal minority in the district wrongfully gunning for you. Yeah. Uh, the principals that knew our work, really did have our back. And then the ones that were new, that's the challenge. There's so many principles changing all the time. And so we did have to have some conversations of introduction and say, yeah. Hey, here's what's going on. Here's what we've been doing at your school for a while. Why and is there so much turnover with the, with the leadership? In that's the a great question. I think, uh, that'd be a great question for Cindy Martin, the superintendent to answer if she'd ever want to come on your show. Yeah. Uh, but I think she, would would say she's trying to find high quality principles because she's trying to have good schools in every community. In yeah. theory, I support that. But when you have so much transition, it's really hard to build traction. Yeah. And it, uh, that's a lack of stability. I exactly. Mean, it, Kids don't have continuity. Mm -hmm. Teachers don't. And then the, the organization at the grassroots level and at the top has to change from scratch every year at so many schools. And there really is, I think, because of all that transition too, a fear of being reassigned or having an early retirement, or being let go. And then basically, when you don't know the law, and then you have principals that are afraid, that that's the perfect combination for misunderstandings yeah. when stuff like this comes down the pipe. And so, that just makes more and more people angry and, and absolutely. upset, uh, rather than calming people's fears. My exactly. guest today is Nate Landis, and what we're talking about is uh, Urban Youth Collaborative, uh, he started a ministry eight years ago that is now on 80 campuses and making a huge impact um, uh, just to love the schools, love the kids in the schools, love the teachers in the schools. And we're going to talk more about what they're doing and how you can get involved. If you love kids and you recognize that uh, what we invest into this generation is going to determine where the country is in the future, uh, it's, a, it's a big deal. So stay with us. We're going to be right back. Before I bring my need, I will bring my heart. 
Not all home inspections are created equal. Joe DeMars and his team at Housemaster have performed inspections in San Diego for 22 years plus and performed over 10,000 inspections for commercial, multiple family, apartments, and residential. Call before you buy or sell. You'll have confidence knowing the true condition of the property. Call 619-660-7866, sandiego.housemaster.com. Home inspections, done right, guaranteed. 619-660-7866. How can you live in San Diego and miss out on enjoying the water? Fast Lane Kayaking sells popular Hobie Cat kayaks that you pedal, not paddle. That means your hands are left free for fishing and fun. Just throw these on your roof rack. They're light and they're easy to use and maintain. Just rinse them off. Try one free on a demo ride. For 36 years, Ron and Debbie Lane have served San Diego with fun, family-friendly water sports of all kinds. Learn more. FastLaneSailing.com. 619-222-0766. I'm giving it all away. No more hiding. No more stalling. I hear you calling me. And Thanks for tuning in to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. My website's educateforlife.org. And I've got all kinds of fantastic um, articles and classes you can actually take on my le- my website. Uh, if you want to get a recording of this show, um, you can also go on my website. We are uh, we podcast the show. It's also on our YouTube channel, uh, Educate for Life Video. Uh, you can check that out on YouTube. And I love to have your feedback. Love to hear from you and uh, just get your thoughts. Uh, please uh, contact us if you'd like. My guest today is Nate Landis. He's with UYC, which is Urban Youth Collaborative. He's the president, UYC.org, and they do so much incredible stuff all over. Um, all over San Diego County, uh, they have a uh, annual uh, school beautification pro- uh, a day, which we're going to talk about. Um, I love the the quote you put on there: "A painted door is an open door." That's right. Uh, that's uh, totally uh, the biblical Christ message: is that um, we're loving people to Christ and we're allowing them to see that it's not just about. Um, we're not counting numbers on conversions here. We're here to love people. That's right. And, that's right. Uh, you know, we were talking, uh, Nate. You were saying that, um, you know, the when you, when the clubs were attacked, there was a, almost this real focus on the complaint of the parent who was saying, "I don't like this club." Rather than uh, you said, there were some parents that were um, upset that the club was actually closed down. Correct. That's and, right. And that has, in your opinion, that has something to do with the leadership in the in the district. Yeah, or? I I think that. The district at any level is just afraid of litigation from any side. And I think they they had a a misplaced fear that there was somehow a potential for legal action if they didn't acquiesce to the one disgruntled parent who was anti-religious. And one of one of the administrators I spoke with at the district level, who is an ally of ours, who uh, alerted me to this, he said that if. Every parent complaint in the district, they started an entire quality assurance office to process parent complaints. That's how many they get now. Uh, He said, if every parent complaint turned into an all principal email, he said, all I would do all day in my office would be sit there and send all principal emails. (laughs) He said, what's up with this one? Why did this one get unprecedented traction? And I think it was because they realized that there was a lot of 
activity around Christian kids, having conversations with friends. Yeah. And then they had a lot of support from legally invited off-campus guests. And I think the scope of it scared them. And then also just some good old-fashioned uh, religious discrimination came mm-hmm. into play where they uh, tried to shut these down. But they wouldn't take that same approach with a network of any other type of club, yeah. fill in the blank, yeah. whether it's another religious group or another uh, group organized for any other purpose or any other identity. Yeah. And so it was clearly just an attack uh, because of the the faith-based nature of the work that these kids were doing and yeah. the support we were giving them. Now, do you see an impact, an overall impact happening? Um, you've been doing this for eight years now. And, you know, some people go to mission fields uh, around the world and they don't see a lot of growth uh, and, you know, Sometimes that happens. There's just not a lot of response. But from your own, um, what you're watching, uh, are you seeing these seeds that are being planted growing and sprouting and kind of uh, a culture change uh, to a degree uh, in the schools? Absolutely. I think that students are realizing that salt and light is powerful Mm -hmm. and salt and light will have a guaranteed effect. Anytime we turn a light on, it makes the darkness flee. Anytime you put salt on meat, it preserves it it adds flavor back east where i come from salt can keep you from slipping if you put it down and kids are realizing if they're able to be salt and light at these schools kids will find more flavor they they'll find preservation uh they might not slip morally as much as as they would otherwise and so we have seen the greatest mission field uh kevin being our public schools. I do salute people that go across the ocean, Yeah, but uh, our passion is to see people go across the street, to start yeah. in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. And we do see young people making great uh, strides and making a great impact in their communities. One of the fun things we're doing right now is a community service challenge based off of the parable of the talents in Matthew 25, mm-hmm. where we give out $100 mini grants to 50 clubs all over San Diego County and the students decide if they want to participate. They receive the mini grant and then they have to read the parable of the talents in Matthew 25. That's where project 25 gets its name. And then uh, we don't want the money back. We just want to uh, ask the students to make a 90 second YouTube video to tell the story of what they've done with the funds to give an account for it. And then we host them for a red carpet award ceremony Uh, This year, it's going to be at the Rock Church in City Heights on Friday, May 13th at 730. And we play the winning videos and we honor students and we we really inspire other kids to say, man, look what's possible when middle school and high school kids step up and serve their community. So kids have done projects all over the world. They have been involved with freshwater wells being dug in the developing world. Um, Hoover High School several years ago was involved in a project where they purchased the freedom of 40 slaves oh from goodness. warlords in Sudan Whoa. and took a hundred bucks, turned it into $2,000. And these kids from city Heights literally helped change the the destiny of these people on the other side of the world. That is phenomenal. And it's really exciting. Now this is just coming up. This is actually yes. just next week. This, actually this coming Friday at the rock. Now city is Heights. that, is that open to the public or is that it just, is. Okay. Yeah, it is. We uh, would love to just show people what God's doing and what middle school and high school kids are capable of. Mm -hmm. Uh, There've been some great stories this year. Uh, One group found out about a church in Cuba that was shut down by the communist government and people were bringing bricks to church to sit on because they had confiscated all the chairs. Mm. And so these middle school kids at Granger junior high school in city in national city 
um, said, we're going to help and do something about that. So they've raised uh, $600 going on $1,200 to purchase chairs for a church in Cuba. And in, you know, in America and San Diego, if we get a quarter inch of rain, church yeah. attendance drops dramatically, yeah. right? Yeah. But our brothers and sisters around the world are carrying bricks to church to sit on. And these kids said, we want to do something to be in solidarity with our brothers and sisters around the world. That is so encouraging. I, that's just phenomenal. And um, so if you're listening today and you're, you're liking what you're hearing about Urban Youth Collaborative and uh, what Nate Landis is talking about here, um, you need people to get involved. Yes, we do. Are there, are there more schools uh, to get involved with? Are, what, what is your goal? Are you kind of like, well, we're maxed out? Or are you kind of like, hey, we're, what, what's your long-term vision here? Are you ex- yeah. hoping we, to get into more Great question. Schools? We have a, a relationship with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes up in North County. And with their work and ours together, we support over 145 student-led clubs like this all over San Diego County. And our dream would be one day that there's a group of students that want to stand up at every campus and say, we'd like to be salt and light and help to influence the ground of our culture and the lives around us. Mm -hmm. And we'd we'd love to see a presence, student-led, student-initiated, church-supported presence at all the middle schools and high schools in San Diego County, which is roughly 280 schools. So between FCA and Urban Youth Collaborative, we're about halfway there. And we're dreaming of a day when every kid has a chance to hear about this message if they want to. And if they don't, we would fight for the right of any kid never to be exposed to something that they don't want. But the hunger is real out Mm. there. And I've seen so many young people just light up and find purpose and hope and meaning when they realize somebody cares about them. Yeah. Uh, At one high school, see if I can get the shot off before the buzzer at the break. Why don't you get halfway through it and then we can tease people. Okay, perfect. So (laughs) one school, there was a student leader, uh, this was in the Kearney Mesa area and he was feeling overwhelmed with the leadership responsibilities. He was also playing football and yeah. he had a lot of college apps he was yeah. working on and just said, God, if you want me to do this again next year, I need a sign. Okay. I need a sign. That's a perfect place to get the sign. You did. You'll find out after the break. <laughs> okay. We'll be right back. When you need tires or service, count on Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service in Oceanside for a full range of affordable options in all the brands you trust. See their great customer reviews and special offers online. Hours Tuesday through Friday, 7.30 to 5.30, and Saturdays, 7.30 to 5. Call Dan and his team at 760-439-1631. Conover Tires, Wheels, and Service, 2405 Oceanside Boulevard in Oceanside, 760-439-1631. Do you have one-button espresso machines in your home or business? They make delicious coffee drinks, but they're not maintenance-free. Express Fix Coffee is San Diego's source for coffee and espresso machine repair, sales, and service. Call Dave Martin at Express Fix Coffee for new and used espresso machines, repairs, parts, and accessories. They'll save you time and money. Call Express Fix Coffee at 619-867-3853. Learn more at ExpressFixCoffee.com. There's got to be more than going back and forth from doing right to doing wrong. Cause we were taught that's who we are. Come on. Welcome to 
to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Conover. Uh, please check us out on YouTube. You can get a recording of this message. If you've missed some of it, don't worry. It's all recorded. You can get it on iTunes. You can actually subscribe to us on YouTube or iTunes, and you can get our shows every week. I just had on, um, uh, just recently, I had a uh, man who is uh, part of the black church. He's a pastor, Dumasani Washington, who talked about uh, Zionism and what's happening uh, in the Middle East and how you can make a difference there. Very interesting show. And uh, actually, next week, we're going to be having Clay Jones on, who is uh, Dr. Clay Jones. He's going to be talking about why God allows evil in the world, suffering and evil. And he's going to be on with actually a skeptic, and he's going to be answering some of the questions the skeptic poses. So a very interesting show. My, my guest today is Nate Landis, who right here in San Diego, Southern California, uh, he's just uh, had a call by God uh, to be a missionary, essentially, in the public schools and is making a radical difference. And uh, you were just telling us that you had a student who uh, was uh, needed a sign from the Lord. Yes. Yeah. So he was feeling a little bit discouraged. If you missed it after the break, he was a leader at a school in Kearney Mesa and was helping his friends hear God's word. And he was also on the football team and also working on college applications, felt sort of alone and didn't have a lot of other students helping him lead. And you said, God, if I'm supposed to keep doing this next year, cause I'm a junior, you have to give me a sign. So he prayed that prayer. The next week he came into his club. It was very well attended to this day. It has about 135 kids a week that come Whoa. every Wednesday. Oh, where do you find room for that it, many kids? In the auditorium. Oh, yeah, they goodness. outgrew the classroom where this story takes place, and now they're in the auditorium. And so the pizza bill every week is pretty big there. I'm waiting for the gift of being able to pray over one lunch and feed 5,000. Yeah, yeah. It'd be great for my budget. <laughs> but basically this kid is there, shares like he always did from his heart, and after the time of Bible study, a girl came up to him that uh, really never talked and said, you don't know me because I don't say much while I'm here, but I've been coming to this club all semester. And because of this club, I now know that God loves me. She didn't know that before. And then she said something that shocked him. She said, and now that I know God loves me, I've decided not to end the life of the baby that I've got inside me, which I haven't told anyone oh about. My goodness. So this kid looks up at the ceiling and says to God, I was hoping for something more direct, but that, yeah. that sign will have to do. <laughs> Can it get any more yeah, blatant? Exactly. Yeah. So yeah. that girl went on and married her boyfriend, became a student leader, joined the church that was connected and supporting that school. And I got to see a video of her several years later uh, throwing her daughter up in the air and her beautiful braids were going up and down as she was catching him. And this young man was literally used by God to save the life of somebody else because he was obedient and followed God even when it was hard in his public school. Yeah. And if you're listening out there right now, um, you may be thinking, how could I possibly do this? I don't have the time. I don't have the energy. I don't have the money. But you know what? Our God is the God of making what looks impossible possible. That's what he does. Uh, Christ said, if you remain in me, um, you can do many things, right? Uh, without him, we're, we're helpless. But with Christ, um, if we remain in the vine, um, God is going to work miracles through our lives. And uh, that's, that's an amazing testimony. Now, a little bit more about you, uh, UIC. What you're doing is um, you are – your outreach, uh, you have a thing with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. Mm-hmm. You have the, the school outreach where you're actually beautifying the schools. Yes. Going in and doing that. That's right. Um, you have um, – uh, the community service challenge, which you already told us about. Right. Project so, 25. That's right. So uh, what's the next thing that people other, other than the event that's coming up here? Yes. Yeah. In addition to the project 25 campus awards on May 13, where people are able to come out to that, it's a free event at the rock church at seven thirty PM on Friday night. Uh, we are 
also gearing up for the next school beautification day. That's the next big countywide project. It'll be the seventh year doing this. And over a thousand volunteers from the faith community come out to serve from San Ysidro up to uh, Bosnell and Fallbrook out to Santee. Um, Pathways Church in Santee has contractors and roofers and plumbers and all sorts of skilled labor. And they, they kind of just show off and do the high-end projects. Yeah, and yeah, sure. There's other groups that'll, you know, pull weeds and, you know, pick up trash and paint curbs. And still with an army of volunteers, you get almost a half a year's worth of work done on one day. And if it's once a year, the unions stay away from us because it doesn't feel like a regular threat of big volunteer labor, which would displace their work hours. Okay. And then the the facilities and, and janitorial teams guide the process. And so it's, it's a tangible win. It's a before and after. That's going to be on August 13th, 8 a.m. to noon. And if they want to get on the, the UYC.org website, our phone number's there, and they can call and find out what schools. We're going to be putting up the roster of schools as we get closer to summer, and we'd love to have them involved at a school in their neighborhood. Or, you know what, if there's not a project scheduled yet and you think you have the gusto to try it, we can walk you through the process of what yeah. it looks like to do a walkthrough on campus, set up a wish list, and approach the administration and, and do a job well done. Yeah. Now, um, that's fantastic. And uh, obviously, uh, the schools are going to look at that and go, so when, when you show up, uh, the schools know very clearly that this is uh, the churches and UIC that's, in, that's doing this. And so they're, they're receiving this tangible love. Uh, and then that makes them also more willing to go, hey, these are good people and we can yes. trust them on our campuses. Exactly. Especially when it's on a Saturday and, and there's no risk of the bench being proselytized if anyone has those fears we're, yeah. we're painting and doing that yeah. and then we can build a resume of trust where they say man we'll invite them back for something else in san ysidro several years ago there was a school beautification day we did two projects two years in a row then they allowed us to bring a motivational assembly in the third year and that's non-religious it's good moral values about achieving your dreams, overcoming obstacles that might be in the way, yeah. high energy, interactive. We believe in your potential. So that was a progressive thing, two beautification days, motivational assembly for the whole school. Then a week later, the principal called me and he said, I don't know if you've been watching the news, not a good opening line when a principal <laughs> calls you. He said, but a young man in our school who was 14 was killed execution style in Mexico over the weekend. Oh Can you please come back to our school and perform a memorial service? Wow. And so he explained more about how gunmen entered the house, separated women and children in one room and men into the other. He thought it was a joke because he was 14. His dad survived because he played dead, but his uncle, his grandfather himself, and one other man in the family lost their lives. Wow. So we were back at the exact same school one week later, one less kid in the same auditorium with a very, very different feel. Mm. But we had been invited in as a privilege because we had earned trust for four years. And they said, we want you guys to be the ones to uh, walk through this very painful time with us. Yeah. And super, the superintendent was there at the time, other principals, and we were able to talk about making this guy's life count um, by by not letting him die in vain because we were going to start treating people like they mattered. That's and awesome. it was it was a really amazing open door yeah. that only happened by building that progressive trust. And then the next year was a year when we were able to have a, a student-led 
uh, adult supported faith club on campus. Took four years to get there, but it was just gradual step by step of building yeah. trust. Consistently uh, showing up and, and right. being there and showing that, hey, you love people. Exactly. And uh, when when you said, hey, our goal, our final goal, how many schools did you say there were? Uh, There's about 280 public middle schools and high schools in San Diego County. If you count K through eights, it actually goes up to the low 300s. Okay. Uh, and so we're, we're looking at uh, roughly, I think 280 to 300 is a good estimate. And what is the primary thing that you need? Is it volunteers or what is it that you need in order to well, make that kind of a thing happen? Great question. We, we rely on three things to make this happen. One is prayer. The battle for this generation is going to be won or lost on our knees. Yeah. And so we don't take that lightly. We need people to pray. We need people to give financially. We basically uh, exist on the generosity of people that thinks this next generation matters and is yeah. worth going after and yeah. values it enough to sacrifice and step out in faith to walk with us. Uh, and then we also need people to get involved with their, their lives and helping to build relationships with kids. We do have a screening process and some volunteer training, but we are excited about getting people involved in any of those ways. That's great. My guest is Nate Landis with the Urban Youth Collaborative. We have one more segment left. Stay stay with us. We're going to talk a little bit more about what they're doing, how you can get involved, and the impact that this ministry is making. Hi, this is Jason Hall, president of Team Home Loans, a branch of Synergy One Lending. I just want to take this opportunity to thank Kevin Conover for the profound impact he's had on mine and my wife's spiritual life, as well as being an incredible teacher while our kids were his students. His knowledge and passion have taught us all how important it is to be defenders of our faith. It's our honor and privilege to support Kevin and his show. It is our sincere hope and prayer that you will continue to learn to be defenders of your faith through Kevin's radio show and through his Educate for Life teaching. Thank you, Kevin, from the Hall family and Team Home Loans. In 1947, Gordon Tucker began serving San Diego County families. Today, the family tradition continues with two stores, Tucker's Valley Furniture and Cash and Carry, both right across the street in El Cajon at Maine and Mollison. Whether you want today's modern, eco-friendly furniture or authentic Amish furniture from solid cherry wood built in America, let the Tucker family serve your family. Learn more at tuckersvalleyfurniture.com. A proud sponsor of Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. I will Hey, welcome back to Educate for Life. I'm your host, Kevin Connor. We're on our last segment here. My, my guest today is Nate Landis with Urban Youth Collaborative. And what I wanted to um, talk about is the fact that uh, you may or may not know this, California according to certain studies, is ranked 49th in safety in the schools. Really, really scary. I have a good friend who works here in the schools in San Diego, and he said, you know, a lot of people are at a loss. A lot of the administration is at a loss. What in the world do we do with these students that are struggling? They come from very difficult backgrounds. It's very difficult to focus on your schoolwork if you're worried about drugs or, you know, I interviewed the district attorney of San Diego um, not too long ago, Summer Stephen, who said there's a huge problem with uh, teen sex trafficking in the schools. And Urban Youth Collaborative is providing hope and light and encouragement, um, not only to the students, but also to the teachers. I mean, it's hard to teach in a school where you've got kids that are out of control. How can you focus on teaching when there's kids that are, uh, you know, doing what's going on in the schools? I had a kid not too long ago who told me that he actually switched schools 
ended up trying to go to a private school, even though he couldn't really afford it, because three times he had been threatened in the boys' bathroom by guys that were dealing drugs in the bathroom. And that's a scary place um, for a young kid to be who's trying to focus on his education, trying to focus on his future, but yet he's fearing for his life or fearing who he's going to run into in the hallways. And so please get involved with Nate Landis and what he's doing. Um, they have uh, clubs now over on over 100 um, school campuses. Actually, just under 80. Just under 80, okay. Yeah. Um, but there's still a lot of schools that don't have this involvement. But, uh, Nate, you were telling me about what happened at Lincoln not yes. too long ago. Yeah, Lincoln High was in the news because there were some some skirmishes between uh, a small group of students that grew a little bit larger and, and the law enforcement on campus and in the community got involved. And there was distrust on both sides and accusations about who overreacted first going both ways. And what was so beautiful is the student leaders from both of the Bible clubs at that campus. It's a 15 acre wide campus. It's a big facility and both sides of campus. There's a Tuesday group and a Thursday group said, we want to respond and we know what this campus needs. This campus needs the power of God and, and the spirit of God to move. Are you and raising up pastors it here? Was, it was like exciting. Yeah. There are kids that feel a call to the ministry and yeah. they're seeing needs and then meeting them uh, on their own without permission from grownups and they're doing legal things but then they're inviting the grownups in. So what was neat is they had this time of prayer before the first period bell um, weeks ago. It was right after this whole incident was in the news. The media was camped out in front looking for bad news. And meanwhile, 300 kids and parents and administrators and pastors that had been invited in by these students circled up and had a time of prayer where we emphasized the value of people who are different and where we talked about respect and and it was just amazing to see the leadership of these kids. And some of the administrators are looking around like, what is this? <laughs> What's going on? But everyone knew that they didn't have an answer for what was going on. The ACLU showed up that day. Al Sharpton's National Action Network showed up that day. The police department was there. District area superintendents were there. And the list went on and on and on of all these other groups. But the group that had the most staying power and street cred was the group that was going to be there the next day after the media trucks drove off. And that was the student led faith club that studied the scriptures. And then the pastors that were there were able to say, I'm not just here when there's a crisis. I'm not just here when there's a media circus. Yeah. I'm here because I care about you. And I've been connected with this school consistently and legally for Eight years. Wow. Wow. That's a powerful statement. And they had the audience and the street cred more than anyone else. The, the credentials in that room were impressive. There were lots of people with lots of degrees and experience and positional authority. Yeah. But these kids and the pastors that they were inviting in had the relational equity and the anointing of God and the, and the track record of being there at the school. Yeah. And that spoke infinitely more than any other credential or anything else that they wrote it because because love is is really displayed through time, mm -hmm. and these kids and the pastors they're inviting in have put in the time to say that these other students matter, yeah. and people notice that, and it's irresistible. That's fantastic. That's really the heart of Christ. I mean, and uh, I love what your ministry is doing. Just the whole uh, strategy is really the strategy of Christ is to come in and say, "Hey, we're here to stay. We're here to love you. We're here to help you out tangibly." Uh, you know, in James it says, "If you t if you tell somebody, hey, be well and and uh, you know." 
have plenty of food, but you don't do anything for their physical needs, right. what good are you? Exactly. And so it's really about meeting those physical needs, the needs of the school, painting the painting the doors, and at the same time, then uh, fulfilling their spiritual needs. That's right. Uh, which are just as as important, uh, right? Absolutely. If not more. And so uh, they need hope. They need guidance. They need to be inspired uh, and uh, have purpose in their life. They're not an accident, right? That's right. Yeah. That's right. Yeah, so uh, Urban Youth Collaborative, Nate Landis, and you also have teamed up. You do a thing every summer, I believe, with uh, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. You yes. take a bunch of kids up there. To we do. That. We are going to be taking 150 kids up to camp this summer at UCLA, and it's it's one of my favorite things we do. I'll, I'll say that probably as I introduce everything we do because yeah. I love being able to be a part of seeing God get a hold of kids and seeing them change their world. Yeah. But the the UCLA trip is July one through five. Kids live at a Division one university. They eat in the cafeteria, sleep in the dorms. At night, they have some spiritual enrichment, and so athletically they grow because they're with coaches and athletes that are really at the top of their game. Mm-hmm. And then spiritually they grow because they hear about God's love and a chance to have a life with him through Jesus. And then academically it plants that seed of higher education in their lives. And we've seen kids come back target. Exactly. Here's a goal. Yeah. Maybe I should go to college. It doesn't feel so other and so inaccessible because I've lived on a campus for a week Yeah, and it feels like something I could do for four years. Yeah. And so they may go to UCLA, they may go to another school, but that dream of higher education is really uh, just present for them because their vision has been expanded. Yeah. And so that's also something that we're really excited about. And we've seen a lot of young people come back transformed and then they're better leaders in their neighborhoods and in their communities and in the areas of influence that they have because they've had this experience outside of the bubble that that they wouldn't have had otherwise. Yeah. Now we're almost out of time here, um, but obviously uh, your ministry is a God-ordained ministry. I just wanted to ask you real quick, um, you know, way back in the beginning, when you were going, hey, Lord, what am I supposed to do with my life? Yep. Um, did you, I, 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 your degree was in, you studied urban ministry and this yes. kind of thing. So what, where did that heart develop for that? How did that happen? I think I, when I was at Eastern University, uh, I knew I wanted to do youth ministry. And then I got involved in a inner city church in Philadelphia. And some of Tony Campolo's sociology classes really opened my eyes to the kingdom of God in a bigger way. And I wanted to go and and be at a place where we could meet needs that weren't being met and to go and see people that maybe felt cast away from society, achieve their full potential and realize that everybody's life matters and there's an amazing purpose and destiny for every person. And so that's when the seed got planted. And then uh, coming out to San Diego, God called me in front of this public school, uh, I didn't get to finish that story on the air, but in 30 seconds left, I was in front of San Diego High School getting ready to pick up these uh, football players for this pregame banquet, and the bell rang, the sea of 3,000 faces came pouring out, and I couldn't move because they were going to be run over. I had to just wait and watch them, and as I'm watching the faces go past my, my car, I heard the voice of God just say, who will go for us? Who can we send? So I raised my hand in my heart that day, said, here I am, send me. Went home to my wife, 18 months into our marriage, mortgage, Southern California, cost of living, had a good job at a Presbyterian church with medical and retirement, yeah. good salary. And I said, honey, I've got a great idea. I'm going to quit my job and go after the kids that not enough people are reaching. And without hesitating, she looked back at me and said, honey, I think that sounds fantastic. Nate, I looked thanks. up at the ceiling and said, thank you, God. <laughs> That's awesome. Thanks for being on the air today. 
My pleasure. Yeah. Appreciate yeah. you having me. This was fun. Okay. Come, come back and uh, listen next week. We'll be on again next week. This is Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. And uh, my website's educateforlife.org. Nate's website is uyc.org. God bless you. Have a great day. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. Learn more about Kevin and his work online at his website, educateforlife.com. That's educateforlife.com. You'll find great resources, ideas, and even video classes there to help you grow and understand what in the world is happening. Encourage your friends to listen for great guests and intelligent analysis of the stories that shape our lives. Educate for Life with Kevin Conover. your tired and bring your shame bring your guilt and bring your pain don't you know that's not your name you will always be much more to me and every day i wrestle with the voices that keep telling me i'm not right but that's all 